Okay, so any kid that's willing to come up front that would like an airhead, I need you to come sit up here. I'm going to tell you moving forward that I'm going to ask you to say something that you appreciate about your mothers. Yeah, we anybody up here, up front, right there, because that's where my stand is. No, right there, you're overachieving. No, up there, right there. <laughs> Any age of kid that's willing to come up. I mean, this is awesome. I love having the big kids. You got to bribe them to get them up here, but it works. Okay, so I'm going to take this off. I'm going to start with blank. I just want you to say something that you appreciate about them all. Did you hear that one? Cooking. Cooking, okay. What do you appreciate about mom? Mom, how kind she is. Mom, how kind? Where's mom? Her art. Your art? Okay, mom's very crappy. She's nice. Mom's nice. Yeah, she gets a lot. He gets a lot more sympathy from mom than from dad. She loves, she loves me. Food. Food. There's a good man after my own heart. Holds my laundry. Wow. Holds <laughs> laundry. Everybody needs a mom like that. Washes my clothes. Says, pick up your own room, 
Is that easy to do? So, <laughs> not that hard. Okay, so, um, so we're talking about obeying our mother. We're going to listen, but we're also going to do what mom says. So sometimes you might say, clean the room. Sometimes mom might say, go to bed. Is that something that we're happy to do? You're happy to go to bed. Okay. And mom says, brush your teeth. Yeah, in the morning before school, before you go to bed. No, okay. What if mom says, get off the phone? Or get off the gaming device? Or is that easy to do? Is it easy? No, it's not easy, right? Okay, so if we're going to obey our mom, we're going to hear what mom is saying, and we're going to do it, even if we don't like it. Okay, so that's what we're talking about, to make sure that we do that. And why is your mom telling you to brush your teeth and comb your hair and clean up your room and get off the gaming device? It benefits you. Really, your mom has the best interest in mind. She knows that you need teeth later on in life you're going to get a date. She knows <laughs> that you need to know where your stuff is in your room if you're going to have it the next time you want to play with it or if you're going to go to school. So mom needs the best for you. So even if mom's telling you to do things you don't want to hear, we need to make sure we're listening or make sure we're putting it into practice. Now, this verse also says that we need to honor our mothers. To honor means that we value her, we love and respect her. Now, it's easy to do the right thing the wrong way, right? If mom says, pick up your stuff, you know, we can be mad and grumpy and do the right thing, right? We can pick up our stuff as an angry person, or we can say, okay, I'm going to do this with a good attitude, right? That's what we're trying to do. We're not looking at the verse about honoring your mother, is we're doing what mom's saying, but we're trying to have a good attitude about doing it. Is that always easy? Guess what? I remember being a kid, and I wasn't very good at that all the time either. Because my mom would tell me to pick up my room, brush my teeth, do my homework. And I did not want to, and I did not always do it with a good attitude. So I know that it's hard to do, but what I want you to do is to make sure, at least today, <laughs> at least as long as you mom with your mom, while you're living under her house, do what she says and do it with a good attitude. And it says here, that it may go well to you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, when that was the first written back in the Old Testament, it's talking to the people who are about to go into their promised land. And God was telling them, you guys got to obey your parents. And one of the benefits of that is when you get to your promised land, you're going to live there for a long time and you're going to enjoy a good life. Now, this is not, we're not going to go to the promised land, are we? Because we live in America and that wasn't really written to us. And it doesn't mean we're going to live a long life just because we obeyed our parents. Because there are kids who do the right things, and life just ends up short. They get, there's an accident or, or something happens. But what we can remember is that um, God will bless us if we're willing to obey our parents. If we're willing to do what our mom says, uh, God will bless us in some way or another. Now, when you're done, when you, when you move out of the house, like we're going to pick on Daisy for a second because she's moved out of the house. Does that mean that she doesn't have to listen or obey her parents or have anything respect for her parents since she moved out? No. When we talk about honoring your parents, sometimes that means you've got to do it even after you move out of the house. You've got to show love and respect to your, your parents, which means me. So I'm not off the hook. You know, because at some point, if my parents get old enough, I might have to move in with them. Or they might have to move in with me. And I mean, someday you guys are going to be in that position because your parents are going to get old. I know you think you're old now, but they're going to get old. 
and you might have to move in with them. You might have to run their errands for them. You might have to hold their laundry and clean their room. And so it doesn't matter the hook just because you, you're, you move out of the house. Even as us as big kids still have to make sure that we love and honor our parents as well. So, what are we going to try to remember today? Honor our parents. Especially mom, right? Yeah, especially mom. We're going to listen and try to do what she asks us to do and do it with a good attitude and enjoy the blessing that God wants to give us. So, I just want to pray for moms and then I'll let you guys grab an airhead on your back. Lord God, I do thank you for our mothers. Uh, they are very special people, and I know they do more than we realize, and they're not always appreciated. Uh, they to take what they do for granted. And I just, I thank you for my mom, I thank you for the mother of my kids, and I thank you for all the mothers of these kids who are here, who brought their kids to church today. And I just pray that you would bless them with a very special day, and I pray that you give us kids, that you help us to love and obey and honor our mother, and, and make them feel special today. I pray for your help to do that moving forward. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, you guys did good. You did good. One last chance. Anybody want to come up and say something nice about your mom? Anybody want to bring your mom an airhead? Because there's still plenty there. So for the rest of us, we're going to the book of Acts. I, I plan to be there for the foreseeable future. I don't plan to deviate from it until it is completely done. Even if that means going through the summer, we are in Act chap Acts chapter 18. So we are getting near the end. Uh, today, we're going to be finishing up Paul's second missionary journey. Um, if you've been with us through that, you've, we've seen this map several times. Paul's been through all the places. This the first missionary trip was that black boomerang look. That's where they went first on Paul's missionary journey. And that long, windy, green one that takes you all the way up to here was Paul's second missionary journey. Uh, in Lystra, where, it's where he had his Timothy joined him on the missionary trip. And he goes up to Philippi. He gets put in prison, and they start singing and praising in the middle of the night, and the doors all open, and the flipping jailer gets saved. When he gets to Thessalonica, he gets chased out of there. He goes to Berea. One of my favorite passages in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, was Paul commended those people because they checked daily to see if what Paul was saying was really true. A lot of extra homework, a lot of extra work, but it was worthwhile to them. And then Paul ends up coming down to Athens, and while he's there, he finds this monument or some statue or altar to an unknown God, and he starts to explain to them who this unknown God is. So hopefully some of those things are ringing a bell for where Paul has been going on his missionary journey. He ends up going to Ephesus today, before he heads back home and all the way back up to Antioch. So we're going to be spending the, the remainder of our time in the book, or in uh, the, the town or the city of Ephesus, and then just real quickly see that he makes it to the very end. So that's where we're going to be. Ephesus is the place, by the way, where he leaves Timothy to, to pastor. It's a place where he writes a letter to the book of Ephesians to while he is, himself is in, in prison. It's one of the prison letters that Paul writes. And, so it's, and it's a place where he's 
Uh, he's white. He's well accepted. The people there are excited to have Paul there. They want him to stay. And Paul has to just tell him, you know, if it's God's will, I'll come back. But I really need to go now. So it's an important place. And we're going to be back there uh, next week or the next couple weeks in Paul's missionary, third missionary journey where he goes back to Ephesus. And he's there for roughly three years. So, But anyway, before we get into the rest of this message, let's pray. Father God, I do thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for, uh, again, for mothers, and I pray that you'd bless them. I thank you, God, for Paul, for his ministry to wherever you sent him, that he was faithful to go. And I just pray that uh, as we look at now where Paul kept his word, uh, that we would see that we need to be people who keep our word and because you kept your word to us. And I just pray again for the words to say. I pray for my mouth to move and enunciate well, and I just pray that we have hearts to hear what you want us to hear today. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So think about this about yourself. You don't have to look around at your neighbors. Who's thinking anything otherwise? But would you be considered somebody who keeps your word? If you say you're going to be somewhere, do people expect that you're actually going to show up? If you say that you're going to give something, do people expect you to actually keep your word and to give whatever it was that you said you were going to give them? You know, Paul was one of those guys who who kept his word, I think, even when he didn't always want to. And Paul would be a guy who'd say, word up. Now, this is a, a two, this is something I'm, I'm trying to make up on my own, but it's kind of like man up. He's, and the, the idea behind word up is you said you would do it, so do it. You, it's, the situation's changed and you don't really want to do it anymore, but you got to word up and you got to do what you said you were going to do. And that's something that I, Paul finds himself doing um, he's, as he keeps his word. And that's what we see, first of all, that we need to be people who keep our word. And the first thing Paul did was he kept a vow. In Acts chapter 18, verse 18, it says, Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Centria because of a vow he had taken. Now there's, uh, in today's passage, we see a lot more, we have a lot more questions. At least I do. I read this and I have a lot more questions than I do, than I have answers. Uh, What I do know is that Paul made a vow and he kept it. A vow was a solemn promise that was made to God. That's about all we know. Uh, in, in today's world, we think of a vow as, as a give and take situation, kind of like what we find with, uh, we talked about um, Hannah with having Samuel. She said, God, if you will give me a son, I will give him back to you. It's, it's kind of like a deal. You can do this for me. I promise I will do this for you. Uh, there was another guy by the name of Jephthah that we talked about in Sunday school as well that he was going to go off to war. He's going to go off to the, a battle. And he said, God, if you will just give me victory, then whatever walks through the door of my house to greet me, I'm going to sacrifice that to you as a burnt offering. Now, that was a really silly vow for him to make. But that's kind of what we tip, uh, typically think about with a vow. If you do this for me, then I will do this for you. Um, and we don't know what... Paul's vow was. We don't know how how long it was. I mean, he could have just been setting aside a time as I'm going to be devoted to God for a specific amount of time, which if you think about Paul's life, 
His whole life was devoted to God. I mean, he's getting stoned. He's getting put in prison. He's getting left for dead. He's getting every sort of torture he can come up with. So I don't think that was his reason. I don't think he's saying, I'm going to set aside an extra amount of time to worship God. Uh, another option that I, I came across was maybe he was setting aside a time specifically to say, thank you, God, for something that you have done for me. Now, Paul, the last time we were here uh, two weeks ago, Paul was told by God that he was going to be pretty much off the hook for a year and a half. There's other people in the city who are going to kind of protect Paul and that he wasn't going to face, uh, he wasn't going to be attacked because there are other people in that city. So Paul could have definitely been saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep this vow. I want to tell God, thank you for this amount of time, because look how God protected me uh, for, for the last year and a half. Uh, we don't know how long the vow was. You know, typically vows would run from anywhere from eight days to 30 days to up to a lifetime. Now, obviously not cutting your hair for eight days is no big deal, right? Eight days, we all, most people go eight days without cutting their hair. Uh, you say 30 days, that could be a, a, a much bigger deal to not cut your hair for 30 days. It's amazing how fast this will grow in 30 days. Uh, but Paul could have definitely been saying, I'm going to spend 30 days making sure I tell God, thank you. But it could have been a, a lot longer period. You think about Samson. His mom made a vow while he was in the womb that uh, she says, I'm not going to eat ferment wine or other fermented drink. He's going to be a Nazarite his whole life. So we really don't have any idea how long the vow was that Paul had made. But we do know two things. We know that A, involved cutting his hair at the completion of it. And we understand that Paul kept his vow uh, to the very end, Paul was a guy who was willing to keep his word, which we can see very clearly. We should be people who are willing to keep our word as well. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 to 37, uh, Jesus is talking to the people about not making oaths, not making vows. He says he kind of he comes down to it, makes it pretty simply in verse 37. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. He's just pretty much saying you said it word up and do what you said you were going to do. So that means everywhere I give my promise or I give my yes or my no, I need to keep my word. You know, I think about my family. I need to keep my word to my family. Uh, and that's that can be a whole gamut of things that I'm keeping my word to my family about that I will within my power, I will show up within my power. I will uh, do what I said I was going to do because some things are out of your control. But Paul kind of deals with that as well. But to my family, I need to keep my word. Does your family look at you and say, hey, Josh is somebody who keeps his word or Josh is somebody who he says things, but I don't have any idea what he's going to do uh, at your job. The only person I'm going to pick on is me. Is, is Josh a guy who, when he goes to work, he does what he says he's going to do? Now, I'm going to stop for just a second and say, we're talking a lot about keeping your promises and keeping your word. And as far as I know, uh, I've kept my word. And you might be thinking out there, Josh, you said you were going to do this or you're going to be there and you didn't show up. So if that is the case, I'm very sorry. Please let me know. <laughs> but as far as I know, I've kept my word. Um, but to our places of employment, we got to make sure we keep our word. Uh, to our church, I say I'm going to show up. I'm going to help with whatever it is. I'm going to be there. Believe it or not, we are counting on you to do whatever it was that you said you're going to do. Keep your word. Uh, keep your, your word to God. Now, not a lot of people do this. They, they don't say, God, 
I'm, if you, they don't make a, a promise to God, if, if you do this, I will do this. Or if some situation just arises that I'm going to give all everything or I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. But if you tell God you're going to do something, whether it's a tell somebody that you've uh, lied to them or whether it's that you're going to show up at church or whether it's you're going to do something X, Y, and Z out there when you graduate. If you tell God you're going to do something, you better be somebody who keeps your word. Very simply, Paul was that kind of guy, and that's something that we need to be as well. We need to be people who keep our word. I, you know, I think about the unsaved world out there, and I, I, there's not a whole lot that um, you can give to people, you know, that, uh, if your word isn't worthwhile. You know, you can give them Jesus, but if you're not somebody who keeps your word, you don't do what you say you're going to do, you don't show up when you say you're going to show up, and you have the ability to do that, people aren't going to care about your Jesus. They're not going to care about the invite to church. They're not going to care about whatever X, Y, and Z that you can do for them if you are not to keep your word, if you're not going to do that. And so one of the best things we could do, a simple way, a simple testimony about what Jesus does in our life is just to keep our word and do what we say we're going to do. And if you keep your word, perhaps that's going to open up the door for them to say, okay, Josh, you, you told me you were going to do X, Y, and Z. Maybe I'll listen to your Jesus sometime. Maybe I'll go to church with you sometime. Maybe I'll, I'll X, Y, and Z. So it's very important for us to keep our word. You know, with families, we can, we can ignore, you know, mom didn't show up and she said she would, you know, brother didn't take out the trash like he said he was going to. And, and we can kind of like make excuses for our family within our family, but in the outside world, they've got to see something different. And that's something that speaks volumes to people as if we're people willing to, to keep our word. Now, Paul found himself amongst a group of people in Ephesus who really wanted to hear what he had to say. Um, you know, he's, you know, and he hasn't had a whole lot of luck in a lot of the places. We talked about where he was stoned, where he was run off, where he was uh, being threatened if he stuck around. But he was a guy who was willing to, uh, to keep his word, and he got to Ephesus, and he's found a place where people actually want to hear what he has to say. And for a guy like that, that's, that means a lot. Somebody wants to hear the message of Jesus that I'm trying to say. And he says, let me read for you verse 19 to 22. It says, They arrived at Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went out into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But as he left, he, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. He wasn't leaving it in his hands. He was going to trust God. He's saying, if it's God's will, I will come back. Then he set sail from Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. But here he is. He's kind of like, this is the place I would like to be. Because he goes back, he spends three years there. So you know he's going to have a profitable ministry. People want him there. They want to hear his message. And what does he say? He says, if it's God's will, he's trusting God's will, that his will is going to be what's best, even though that meant going through all the terrible things in life. But he says, I'm, I'm going to trust God's will. And if it's God's will, I'm going to do this. Paul knew he really wasn't in control. You know, um, Paul. Yeah. Paul knew he really wasn't in control. He knew that he couldn't get from point A to point B. He knew he wasn't going to live if it wasn't God's will. He knew he wasn't going to have an impact on anybody's life if it wasn't God willing to make that happen. And he was willing to trust God uh, to lead his way and to do what was best for him. 
And he left every part of his future in God's hands. His whole life and his whole ministry, he left in God's hands because he trusted God. Even to the point of telling his people, I want to come back, but I'm only coming back if it's God's will. And we should be people who are willing to do what Paul did, is to trust God's will for our life, for what direction God wants to, to lead us in life, and, and base it off of his will for our life instead of what we want. Now, how many times have you ever tried, you, you knew something that you wanted, and you worked really hard to make things happen that way? Have you ever, um, the, the best example I can think of was in Bible school, there was this cute girl that I kind of liked, and I wanted to be in her group in one of her classes. And so I thought, I'm going to finagle this. We're getting into groups. I'm going to finagle this to have her in my group. Well, in all my finagling, I finagled her right out of my group <laughs> because I was trying to make my will happen instead of letting what God wanted to have happen. I don't know if the teacher says, I can tell this guy is kind of sweet on her. I'm going to put him in the same group. Uh, or if God says, I'm just going to make this happen. But the thing was, I got involved and I started messing with things and I just ended up messing it all up and I didn't get what I wanted. But it's real easy to say, I want point A. I want that job. I want whatever. And I'm going to finagle and work everything my way to get what I wanted. When really, if I just trust God for the outcome, it's going to be better for me as well. How many times do we mindlessly say we're going to do something or be somewhere without realizing what we're saying, without realizing or thinking about what's that really going to look like? I'm, I'm trying to work on not being that way. Um, yesterday, though, I found myself mindlessly saying, I promise, uh, which was something I was already planning on doing, but it was something that would be easy to do. Uh, yesterday, I was talking to Carol Lee. Her dog gets out all the time. Um, and so I was talking to her, and she goes, tomorrow's Mother's Day. I was talking to your wife. Make sure you massage her feet. You know, and it's like, I promise I will do that. You know, and I, I did. I was just, yes, I'm trying to look good in your eyes. I'm trying to uh, appease you. I'm trying to, like, lead the conversation. But I'm just saying whatever it is that you want to hear so I can go back home. But I just mindlessly promised that I would massage my wife's feet. So now you guys know what I'm going to do this afternoon. <laughs> But it's easy to do that with my best friend, with my parents, with my other church people. Yep, I'm just mindlessly saying I'm going to do something without thinking through, can I really do this? Can I really be there? Kind of like what Darren said, if the creek doesn't rise, Lord, Lord willing, the creek doesn't rise, potentially someplace the creek could get in the way, right? And you can't cross the creek, and so you cannot get to the other side. And what Paul does... As he's like, if it's God's will, I will do this or do that. Uh, our scripture reading today in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15, kind of seems like a silly example because for the most part, we have control. If I say I'm going to Baker tomorrow to get my teeth done, I'm expecting to go. I, I signed up. I say I'm going. And I don't expect God to stop me. I don't expect my car not to run. I don't expect anything to get in the way. And so I can easily say I'm going to do this. Well, how does James say I should put it? You know what? I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I might die tonight. I have no idea. My life is just a mist. It's just here today, gone tomorrow. He says uh, in verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will do this or do that. And that's true because all I know is where I'm at right now. It is 1137. We're going to get out of here early today. Uh, I'm at church in Plevna. And all I can see is what is right here right now. God sees what's going to happen four hours from now. God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And so I can't say what I'm going to do because I don't know. So I got to say, if it's the Lord's will, 
I will go to the dentist tomorrow. If it's the Lord's will, I will go on vacation in June, July area, you know, if it's God's will. And that's the kind of guy that Paul was. He kept his word, but he didn't say, well, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I want. He's basing it on if it's God's will that he would go and do this or do that. Now, why should we keep our word? Well, for one, you know, I, we already mentioned you have the unsaved world out there that's always watching you. Always looking to see if you're going to fail, if you're going to succeed. Any reason you have out there not to believe in Jesus, I want it. That's what the world's out there doing. But also, another good reason to keep your word is because God keeps his word. God, everything God says he will do, he does. Everything he says I'm not going to do, he's not going to do. You know, Acts 16, 16, 31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Guess what? God is going to keep his word. If you put your trust in Jesus for salvation, you are going to be saved. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to take it away from you. He's not going to say you screwed up too many times. He says, if, if you believe you have salvation, God is going to keep his word. Pretty, pretty comforting, right? Pretty great to know that God's going is not going to take my salvation from me. I have hope and I have peace in just knowing that. But there's also uh, the other side of that that I hope you're paying attention to. It says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. God is going to keep his word. You know, if you choose not to put your faith in Jesus for salvation, what you're asking for is that God's going to keep his word and that you go to hell. He's not going to say, boy, you, were, you really were a pretty good guy, Josh. I know you didn't put your faith in Jesus, but you were pretty good. Or I feel bad sending you to hell. He's not going to do that. You're going to get what you deserve because God is going to keep his word. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to go with what the, ma the majority of what people think about you. He's going to say the soul that sin is the soul that's going to die. You, you, you sin, you deserve hell. That's what you're going to get. God is going to keep his word to give you salvation or God is going to keep his word and you're going to go to hell. But because God keeps his word, I know everything he says is true and I need to live by it. But I need to be people who are the kind of person who's going to keep my word the same as God is going to keep his word. So same question is from the start. Are you known as somebody who keeps your word? Do they look and say, you know what? Josh said he's going to show up and look at that. Josh showed up. I knew he was going to. You know, we need to be the kind of people that if, if Josh doesn't show up, you're, you start to wonder what went wrong, right? I need to be that reliable on what I said I'm going to do or show up that if Josh doesn't show up, God definitely got involved. He died. He had a car wreck. There was something out of his control. Otherwise, he would be there. And if you're not the kind of person who's known or you don't think you're known for keeping your word, I want to encourage you to word up. You said you're going to do it, even though the situation changed and you wish you'd, you could do something else instead. You said you were going to be there and do that. I want to encourage you to word up and do it because you said you were going to do it. But first of all, before you give your word, make sure that you're basing it off of God's will because you don't have a control in that. God is the one who's in control. So if you give your word, keep it, but don't base it off of what you think. Base it off of God's word. Make it off of God's will. He gave his word. He kept it. I want to encourage you to be, be like God in that way and to keep your word as well. Let's word up. Let's pray. 
Father God, I do thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for how true it is. God, we can read it and know that, God, you're not going to change partway through and say everybody gets to heaven or nobody gets to go. We know that, God, when you say that you're going to show love to a thousand generations of those who love you, um, that you're going to be patient, that you're going to forgive us, God, all these truths that we see in your word, we know that you're going to keep your word. And I just pray that you would help each of us to be men and women, boys and girls who, who keep our word, that we do what we say we're going to do, uh, we go where we say we're going to go, but God, we don't base it off of what we want. We base our life decisions based off of what you want. Again, God, I thank you for the mothers in this room and, and the mothers that have passed on and for the mothers who uh, are yet to be officially. Um, I just pray that you bless them as well with uh, a wonderful day today. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.